John and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 27. Number 27 is going to be about coaches and communication. But before we get into communication, let's talk a little bit about communication. Communicating. So Clean It Up FP is our sponsor. Yeah. They are a presenting sponsor and our partner in our efforts here. Keep everything uh, going with uh, coach prep and everything fast pitch. They are an app that you can use to do all your team communication, whether it's player to player coach to player across the organization, um, has a social media aspect where you can share videos and, and highlights and all that kind of good stuff. And obviously in this time and time frame that we're in right now with the uh, pandemic, um, I think it's a great way for coaches to communicate with their players. And so check it out at cleatedup.com. Cleatedupfp is a, a great tool. We've had great feedback from uh, listeners that are using it, and we want you to check them out, out at cleatedup.com. So Tori, so, Tori, I was going to say for some of the younger parents that are listening, um, we've had a lot of situations where people miss messages and stuff like that because we're using two or three or even more platforms to try and communicate. If a parent's not looking at all of those different sites, um, they could potentially miss something that practice location change, a time change, right. all those things, right? So this can be a, that one-stop communication helpful piece that uh, everybody needs. Right, because our challenge this week is we uh, know we've got some time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're all social distancing and and uh, self quarantining and all that kind of stuff as uh, we try to you know, overcome this uh, pandemic and and start to get our lives back to normal. And I think for uh, our coaches, as we always talk about, you know, there's uh, challenges or there's opportunities, and I think this is a great opportunity. And Clean It Up would be a great tool for you to use to be communicating with your team, communicating with your players. Um, on a team level and also on an individual level right. um, so that you know we uh, keep making progress and keep working towards our, our uh, target, uh, whatever that might be for the team that we're coaching. No, I think that's a, a great thing to check out right now. That's yeah. good. And so there's lots of things as coaches that we could be doing that are going to pay off in the long run. We have this opportunity now. Our kids uh, you know, doing their distance learning and things like that you know, have got uh, uh, plenty of stuff that uh, um, they have to do but now let's give them some of that uh, get-to-do fun softball stuff. So my first thought is let's use this time to jump into the mental game. Right. And um, whether it's uh, assigning uh, some uh, video clips to look at or um, some articles to read, uh, you know, whatever it might be, um, I think this is a great opportunity for us as coaches to start working with our teams and working with our players on improving their mental game and uh, helping them understand the value of visualization and goal setting and all those different kinds of things. Uh, my first challenge for our coaches would be to be knowledgeable enough that you can you know, venture into the mental game uh, world and start to give your kids some pointers, some thoughts, and some ideas, uh, things that they can be working on to make sure that they're getting something accomplished with this time that they have on their own. No, I think that's great, Tori, and um, it's all about habits, right? If we make a habit to uh, take five minutes to dream about digging in the batter's box or, you know, getting your footing on the on the mound for, for a pitcher or getting into a good uh, ready position as a defender and, um, you know, or, or what kind of prep are we going to have when we're on deck? Yeah. You know, all those things we can start practicing and, when we actually get that chance to get back out there, we're going to be better prepared. Right. Well, and visualization is one that I think we definitely want to talk about a little bit. Um, you know, the way that your brain is wired, the way that your mind works, um, your mind doesn't really know the difference between something that you really vividly imagine versus something that's really happening. Right. And 
um, you know, high levels, you know, Olympic level athletes are using visualization as part of their training because when you visualize, you can always visualize success. Um, and especially now because kids are missing getting out to the ballpark, you know, convincing them to visualize, to daydream basically about being great softball players and to, you know, to picture the idea of uh, being successful on the field is something that I think that they would be really enthusiastic about right now. I keep seeing all these TikTok videos where you have, you know, teammates in, the, in their own backyard or their front yard you know, throwing a ball to somebody and then it pops into somebody else's glove in their backyard. Right, um, right. So you know that they're dying to do stuff that's softball related. So if we help them understand the value of visualization, I have to admit, you know, I first started off thinking some of this stuff was a little, you know, hocus pocus kind sure. of stuff that I, I didn't necessarily understand. And I had the really nice opportunity at the uh, uh, NFCA coaches convention a few years ago to listen to Brian Kane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brian is one of the a very you know, renowned national experts. He does a lot of stuff um, with the mental game. Um, Tanya Carlisle, who is our mental game coach for Fast Pitch Prep, uh, uses a lot of Brian's stuff. But Brian did a visualization exercise that day at the clinic where basically he was taking you through the process of cutting open and biting into a lemon. I you know, started off thinking, you know, this is kind of hokey. And by the time it was done, I actually had that physical response that I think I would have had if I actually bit into that lemon. I had that like sure. creepy, crawly, like, you Grab know, you by the ears. Like, like eyes popped wide open, you know, shocking. I'm feeling doing it of, right now, Tori. Of, <laughs> of tasting that lemon. That was what convinced me that the whole visualization thing is really true and, and works really well. It affects and, you physically. Because it does affect you physically. So yeah. if we can get our players to visualize, and, and I mean really visualize, so that they understand that you know, when they're thinking about you know, visualizing, let's say, in at bat, you know, they are thinking about the way their spikes feel when they dig into the dirt. They're thinking about the way the breeze feels as it blows on their skin. They're thinking about the look of the field and the pitcher on the pitcher's mound and her going through her motion and the ball coming out of her hand and you starting your swing and squaring it up and hitting that ball in the gap. We have to you know, really imagine it like it's happening but if we imagine it like it's happening, if we visualize it that thoroughly, we have the same effect as we would have if it actually happened. Sure. And we get to control the result, right? right. And because you're, as you said, because you're in charge, yeah. you, know, you can picture yourself out there hitting off a of Monica Abbott and squaring up Monica Abbott, hitting a double or a triple or a home run every single pitch she throws to you. As you're saying it right now, I'm seeing it all in slow motion and just yeah. see, the, see the seams rolling right before we make that yeah. contact. Yeah. And, and the smell of the grass, the smell of the concession stand, the sound of people cheering in the background, all that kind of stuff. You know, the more vividly we imagine it, the more benefit we're going to have. What is uh, really special about this is right now kids aren't getting live at bats. Right now, there, you know, there's just no place in the country I think that uh, uh, we're allowed right now to put three people in a in a space together um, and and allow them you know the opportunity to get live at bats. So we know that's not happening. So what's the best tool we possibly have right now is visualization. And a player before she falls asleep tonight, you know, in five ten minutes laying in bed could visualize twenty five successful at bats. Nice. And and be hitting a thousand. When, when she falls asleep that night, and then probably spending time while she's sleeping dreaming about batting a 1,000. And about a perfect swing, right. about good technique, all those pieces. And, uh, and getting something out of this opportunity. Now, you know, some people are going to say, well, that's not the same as getting live swings. And I will tell you, it's not the same, but that doesn't mean that it's not helpful and, helpful and, and yeah. useful and, 
and in some cases, maybe even better than live swings. Sure, because more needed as, for some. Yeah, and and as we said, because now you're 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 being successful, swing after swing after swing. So it's reinforcing all those positive thoughts. So you know the mental game stuff, the visualization is the first thing for coaches. I would think that we really want to be working with our players on. The second thing that we want to be working on is goal setting, short-term goals of what they're going to be working on every day. And then long-term goals of what that short-term work is going to lead to for a and, week or a month, right? Yeah. And so start off with you know, my goal for tomorrow is I'm going to you know take 25 swings working on the inside pitch. And I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. And then you know think about the fact that by the end of the week, if I do 25 swings a day on the inside pitch one day, and I do 25 swings on the outside pitch the next day, and 25 swings on the changeup the third day, at the end of the week, I should be able to look back and see you know what I've accomplished. And what that means for me moving forward um, as I continue this path of, of becoming the very best player that I can. And we're also going to throw it out there for our coaches. We want you to set some goals for yourself. So part of it right now, goal number one should be that you're communicating with your team every day and that you're communicating with each individual player at least once every week. Sounds fair. Okay. Not because overwhelming, right? so, so you can do the group thing, you know, get on your uh, cleatedup.com, cleatedupfp app nice. and send out, uh, you know, here's today's workout. You know, here's yep. today's thought of the day. Here's today's mental game routine that we're going to practice. So you can send that to every player and then check in with each player individually. So, you know, how do you feel about visualization? How's your visualization going? You know, did you get your 25 swings in uh, on the inside pitch? You know, did you have any questions? Is there anything I can help you with? And so that we're using this time to set those goals. If we're uh, modeling what we're after, it's going to definitely make a bigger impression. Second thing, and this is something that we've talked about several times now, um, if you're not up to speed on the conversation, but we've talked a lot about how coaches have to stop using the word don't in their coaching. Which is sometimes hard to do. Which is very difficult. We know that the word don't creates the wrong Creates the wrong impression. And when we're talking about visualization, we know we want to visualize what we want. If I'm as a coach telling my players what I don't want them to do, I'm, I'm sending a very dangerous message. And again, you know, you know, and, and again, I, I didn't understand this again until that same seminar with Brian Kane when he started you know, talking about don't think about the pink elephant. Don't think about the number you know, and, three. And he yeah. said it you know, 10 or 15 times and you know, more and more aggressively and more and more emphatically, don't think about the pink elephant. Trying to simulate how we as coaches will start off with, well, don't drop your hands. Don't drop your hands. Don't, don't drop your hands. Yeah. And so if you can't stop thinking about a pink elephant, no matter how many times you say don't, you, you have to understand that your kids can't st- cannot stop thinking about dropping their hands, no matter how many times you say don't. Um, so another goal for us as coaches is to stop saying don't in our coaching. Okay. So there's a couple of goals for our coaches and don't be afraid to share that with your players. So they know you're working on it too. It doesn't have to be, you know, some mean spirited thing. If you tell your players, you know, my goal is to stop saying don't. And it's a, it's something that's very important to me because I've learned now that good coaching requires me to tell you what I want instead of telling you what I want you to avoid. Right. Okay. And then all of a sudden we're on the same page. We're all working together. So your goal is to become a better coach. So now when you start talking about your players about goals for them to become better players, we're all in the same boat. We all feel like we're working together. We're we're all going to be, yep. 
And so the mental game it. is the first thing. You know, the second thing is, you know, the physical aspect of what we've got on, on our horizon right now. And again, helping players understand the value of working, even though they might not know when they're going to play again. And this is a really difficult thing right now because human nature is to kind of slough off and put off and, and, and you know, procrastinate a little bit when we don't have a very specific thing. How many kids you know, spend their whole school career cramming for tests at the last minute and you know, having limited success because you know, they kind of want to put off the, the work. They don't really want to you know, invest in the long-term commitment. So that can go, well, that pours over, right? And it definitely pours over into how we play and how we prepare for the game. So if we can get our kids on board with the idea of a little bit of work every day helps them continue to grow as players and we'll make sure that they're ready whenever we get to play. You know, the flip side of it, and we've talked about this a little bit already, is the nightmare of some kid who doesn't do anything for, let's say, you know, four, five, six, eight weeks, and then all of a sudden finds out, hey, we're playing on Saturday. So then, you know, they find out on Wednesday that we're playing in three days, and in three days they try to squeeze in three months worth of work. You know, and that's just not going to be a pretty a pretty picture. So when we talk sometimes, Tori, about uh, you know six hundred swings. If you took six hundred swings on Monday, that's a lot. That's a very ambitious number. But if you took one hundred and fifty swings on four consecutive days, you know the same number of swings. Which one's going to be more beneficial? Right. Right. And because the idea of the swings just for the swing's sake is something that we need to make sure our players understand. Yes, the repetition is good. But being able to take some time and think about from swing to swing, what felt good, what can be better, what do I need to adjust, what can I improve upon is way more important. And if they start to be in panic mode where they're thinking, oh my God, I haven't done anything for a month and I got to get ready right now, they're going to take three, four, five hundred crazy swings just trying to get them in without taking the time to really think about what they're doing. Versus, as you're saying, if they take 100 swings a day or 150 swings a day, and they can take you know, a few seconds in between each one, man, that felt good. I want to try to do that again. Or, yeah, that was okay, but I could be a little bit better. I'm going to try this adjustment, or I'm going to try that adjustment. And then all of a sudden, that feels better. Yeah, that feels good, but let me try this, because that might be even a bit better yet. That's going to happen if they're working every day a little bit at a time. It's not going to happen when they're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, I'm not ready. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're communicating that and and giving them some short-term goals, some things physically that they can be working on um, to make sure that they're continuing to progress. And again, if you're connecting with them and working with them, you know, from a coach's perspective, that's going to go a long way, much more so than counting on them to do it on their own. I always laugh at the coaches when, you know, we'll have a discussion and, uh, and we'll talk about, well, how many of your kids are hitting? And they'll just blankly, blindly say, every one of my kids hits every single day. Sure. Okay, how do you know? And how involved are you in making sure that they're getting something done out of the swings that they're taking? If you tell your kids you have to take 50 swings a day, many of them probably are doing it, but some are not. And if they have to take 50 swings a day and they know there's no way that you're checking in or asking questions or, or curious about how it's going, guess what those 50 swings look like? We've got, we've got a lot of students now that are taking uh, short little video clips or, or pictures of part of their workout when they come and train with us just to send off to their coaches to, yeah. to help be accountable. Yeah. yeah. But I think that the idea of if you're communicating, yeah. if you're in the trenches with your players, the idea of them being dedicated to it and doing it for the right reasons yeah. and being accountable start yeah. to make a lot more sense. Yeah. If we send out one email saying, I expect you to take 50 swings every day, and then you don't contact them again until Wednesday and we're playing on Saturday, don't be shocked. 
Right. Certainly don't be disappointed. Yeah. Um, something that I've always liked, and I think this is something that you know is, is a, a good tool to use right now, is something we always call the thought for the day. Yep. And I think the thought for the day um, is a really powerful tool right now because there's so much unknown and so much that, you know, so much speculation on the speculation about what the speculation might be about what might happen next. When will it be? There's so much confusion that something like a very simple, upbeat, positive thought for the day to kind of get the kids up and moving and, and grooving in a positive way, you know, would be a really good idea. I've got a couple of, uh, uh, files in my desk that are probably two or three inches thick of notebook paper and uh, you know printed pages of different things. You know, some of them are song lyrics, some of them are um, you know Bible verses, some of them are you know classic old sayings. old sayings that yeah. we've all heard a thousand times. You know, whether it's John Wooden or Vince Lombardi or you know whoever the quote matter might be. Um, Say Bobby Knight, yeah, and 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 all all <laughs> kinds of people, you know that, that uh, um, yeah. you know, Ben Franklin, and I mean whoever it might be. And there's books out there. There's you know all kinds of sites. You know, you could uh, could Google it to come up with a, a list. But I think if you spend a little bit of time thinking about something, well, what applies today? What applies to the situation that we're in? And you give your players you know that thought for the day of of something that's upbeat and positive. I think that also would go a long way towards keeping that connection and and trying to build that team chemistry, that team uh, connection that we're always looking for. You know, right now the only uh, sports news we get to uh, have any kind of enjoyment in is the NFL. You know, we just went through free Who's agency going where? and yeah. you know the the Tom Brady saga. And one of the things that I thought was really uh, an eye opener about Tom Brady was you know people kept thinking about you know what were, what were his demands and what were the things that he was asking of the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers when it was time for him to sign and the only thing he wanted was he wanted the phone numbers of all his teammates because he wanted to start to connect with them and I thought that really said a lot about his idea of leadership because leadership's got to be personal it's got to be connected it can't be you know you just you know sit on high and and you know throw out an edict and expect people to you know to follow that's huge wisdom right there yeah. huh? and yeah. and so you know here's depending upon your opinion maybe the greatest quarterback of all time um, and somebody that is certainly one of the greatest winners of all time that, you know, the first thing he wants to do is to be able to start to build that, you know, that personal connection and that yeah. relationship. Yeah. So for us as coaches, that's got to be a high priority. And if we model what we want, if we show the kids that we're going to be, you know, doing the same things that we're asking them to do, that we're going to be working on improving ourselves as coaches during this dead time, this downtime and turning this, uh, time when we're not getting together as a team into an opportunity for me to become a better coach and a smarter coach and a more connected coach, I think, you know, we're going to get a lot more out of it. And this is one of those golden opportunities. You know, you can either have chicken salad or you can have chicken salad. Yeah, salad. Uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, a, a tough time, but we can wallow around in the, in the sadness and the misery or let's turn it into something positive. And so that's our challenge for our coaches, using your communication, using your ability to share your knowledge and leadership with your team and with the kids on your team. Let's use this as a way to get better and to, you know, to be positive about it. Absolutely. And time gets away from us, Tori, right? We might think we've got one week, but we really end up with three. So let's make each of these weeks productive. And right. all that stuff is really good uh, good advice for sure. And the more we do it, the more the payoff is going to be there. If we keep our kids working, when it's time for us to start playing again, and we're going to start playing again. Nobody knows when that's going to be, but eventually it's going to be, hey, we got a tournament this weekend. 
or, you know, hey, practice starts on Friday or whatever it is. If the players on your team have been doing something along this pathway and have made up their minds to be better players when they get back on the field and and are using this as a way to continue to build their enthusiasm and their passion, when they get back out there, you're going to have a house of fire that you're going to really be enjoying. Yeah. If if you show up and the first time you've communicated with any of your players is you know a couple of days before you're going to see them, right? I think you know the, the, those coaches are going to be way behind the ones that are more proactive and are going to get more involved. So that's our discussion for episode number twenty-seven. Coaches, get on the stick, get going, communicate with your kids, start working on the mental game, start working on some goal setting, start working on uh, encouraging them through that uh, positive thought of the day, and use those tools. Uh, to keep them progressing and to keep them growing as players. Bottom line is communicate, right? Yeah, communication's a beautiful thing. And yeah. as always, uh, check out cleatedup.com. Uh, you're going to see that that is the tool that would make your life really easy right now. You could be doing all of this stuff with one app, one tool, and getting all this communication stuff done very, very easily in, in a very simple and, and straightforward manner. So uh, for Coach Don McKinley and our friend Stan Lewis here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, that's episode number 27 of Coach Prep. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next week.